Hi, this is Pastor Marquez Ball of the Uplift Church in Laurel, Maryland. Listen, it is my prayer that this word is a blessing in your life. I pray that it's uplifting to your mind, uplifting to your heart, and uplifting to your spirit. Check us out online at upliftmd.com. God bless. Church, right now we're in a series called Momentum. Momentum. Uh, I shared at the beginning of this series that an object in motion will stay in motion unless acted on by an outside force. An object at rest will stay at rest unless acted on by an outside force. That's the first law of physics, but it's also true in our lives as well. We enter into a situation energized. Let's try another way. You started your business energized. You, you, you knew this was going to be it uh, for you, but became discouraged or challenged as outside obstacles came in your way. We may begin to get stagnant in our situation, but as soon as we move into action, things begin to change. The question we want to really wrestle with is how do we gain the momentum to succeed? And more importantly, how do we keep it? That's really uh, the goal of this series, to help us gain momentum and keep uh, momentum as we're pursuing the things that God has in store uh, for us. I shared uh, during the welcome that this Sunday is going to be a little different. Uh, so I'm a Baptist uh, preacher. By that, I mean I get up, I give you a good introduction, I give you uh, three points, and I don't necessarily tune. I can't sing, so I don't really try that. Uh, but I do close with a little bit of excitement. But this Sunday is going to be a little bit different because we really want to hear the stories of a couple of entrepreneurs and hear how it relates to their faith journey and what the Bible uh, has uh, to say about it. So uh, I'm going to invite on the stage my good friend, my fraternity brother, uh, Dr. Lamont Bunyan. Dr. Lamont Bunyan is uh, a leading optometrist. I'm so thankful for him. Uh, luckily, uh, I've got amazing vision, but my wife, uh, uh, she, she needed clear vision to see that God had put me in her life, and so he's the kind of person uh, uh, that she would go to. So Dr. Dr. Bunyan is going to join us uh, on stage. Um, he is, uh, again, uh, the owner of Special Eye uh, Care. Thankful uh, for him. He has been a tremendous uh, friend and brother for for many, many years. Dr. Bunyan is the kind of friend that you have uh, that as he elevates, he invites you to the next level uh, with him. So you have to remind this friend every now and then, listen, my brother, I am not an eye doctor. I'm trying uh, to get there, but uh, I'm so thankful uh, for him. He's exposed me to a lot, a lot of uh, great groups and keeps me active uh, in Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. As you can see, he has on uh, his Alpha uh, blazer uh, as well. Um, then um, the, the next Next uh, business owner I'm having uh, join us is my mom. Uh, my mother uh, is from New Orleans, uh, Louisiana, Tender uh, Armstrong. She's in town because my wife uh, is with child, so we had a, a great um, baby shower yesterday. But my mom is also a major uh, business owner, and she may not think that of herself, but I saw her really do the grind to build it uh, to where it is now in, uh, in Louisiana in three locations. Uh, and so I wanted to hear from their stories because they have some amazing stories. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, I, again, I normally have three points, uh, but today I have, I have two points, and my points is going to also involve 
conversation with them. Then we got a couple of reflection questions uh, for you uh, towards the end. That all right? We'll do this in, in good time, uh, and then we'll um, share with business owners, and business owners will be able uh, to share a little bit more in the cafe as the, uh, the staff has set up some things for us uh, to share there. Will you pray with me? Fathers, once again, that I stand to proclaim your word. I pray, dear Lord, that I decrease and that you increase mightily. That these your people would see and hear less of me and more of thee. Take the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart and make them to be acceptable in thy sight. Oh, Lord, our God, our strength and our redeemer. Father, I have studied, but I need your strength. I have prepared, but I need your power. I'm willing and I want to, but I need you to make me able. Simon, now I'll wait for thee. Ready, my Lord, thy will to see. Open mine eyes and lift me. The Spirit divine. Lord, prepare us to receive your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Uh, I invite your attention to a particular passage of scripture that's going to uh, get us started um, for today. It's found in uh, Matthew. Matthew chapter number 14. Matthew chapter number uh, 14. The AB team has it on the screen there for us. Matthew chapter number uh, 14, beginning at verse number 22. It's our custom to stand to honor the reading of God's word. So if you are able-bodied, we invite you to do that. Uh, why do they stand in church when they read uh, the word of God? In the Old Testament, they had been in exile for, uh, for many years, and they had not uh, had access to the word of God. And when they found it in the destruction of the temple, the people were so excited, they called the priest Ezra and said, can you read to us uh, the word of God? They hadn't heard it in years. And then when he was reading it, the people stood up from, from sunup to sunset to honor the reading of God's word. We got our iPhones and iPads and Androids, and we have ready access to it, but we still want to honor the reading of God's word. Matthew chapter number 14, beginning at verse number 12. When you have, will you uh, appease the Baptist in me and holler at me and say amen? amen? Okay, if you're still looking, say hold up. Matthew chapter number 14. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. It's a well-known story, beginning at verse number 22. Here's what it says. Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it is a ghost. They cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. Here's where it gets good. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid 
and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, O ye little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Before you take your feet, your seats, do me a favor with a smile on your face, the same smile you had on your face when you put your hand in your pocket and you found that extra $20, same smile on your face that you had when you got that tax return to hit your uh, account. You woke up that morning just to check with it, and it was a couple of extra zeros that you put that kind of smile on your face. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor! neighbor. Good, morning. Good morning! Good to see you! So glad you made the church! This morning's sermon is The Spark that matters. Look at another neighbor, same smile on your face, same. The kind of smile if you are a parent that says, my child just got a full scholarship. The kind of smile on your face. Same kind of smile on your face and say, I just got an all expenses paid trip. Whatever island I want to go to for two whole weeks and I'm off work type smile on your face and say, neighbor, good morning. So glad you made the church. This morning's sermon is the spark that matters. Sparks that matter. You may uh, be seated in the presence of God. Sparks that matter. Um, I, I can remember my first car. Y'all, now, uh, I, I worked since I was young. I made my own money, uh, and I didn't know that was a bad thing to do when I was young, so my mom didn't give me uh, any money. I remember uh, I worked the summer job. I caught two buses to go wash dishes at the hospital. I was trying to save up money to get a car that I wanted. One day, sitting in my room, I'm actually reading the Bible, and I heard the door close, and something said, your car is outside. I walk outside. My mama had blessed me, y'all. My mama had bought a car for me. Don't, don't, don't smile. Don't get too excited. Uh, it, I was born in 1981, so my mama bought me a 1981 Chrysler Fifth. And I mean, it's the kind of car that you have to put the thumbtacks up just to keep the little thing from coming down your head. I, I had one of those uh, kind of cars. However, with 1981 Chrysler Fifth Avenue, it's not like the new cars where everything requires a computer. With the Chrysler Fifth Avenue, you can do some, you can unhook some stuff yourself, put something, you can figure out how to put your own transmission in. And so I learned a little bit about the car because one morning I I got in the car and I did what I was supposed to I turned the ignition and nothing happened. I now it, it worked yesterday. I, I turned the ignition, nothing happened. Well, I'm, I'm country, and so I remember my grandfather had a pickup truck, and so my grandfather, you know, he would have to pump it a little bit, and so I maybe I should do that. And so I started pumping the gas, and maybe I just need to warm it up, turn the ignition. Nothing happens, and so I ended up having to call uh, somebody to help me out to figure out what's wrong with my car. Friend began to tell me, he said, um, you see, you can turn the ignition all you want. Your problem is you got some bad spark plugs. It was gas in the car. What not wrong with my battery, but my engine would not go unless I had a spark from the spark plug that got everything else 
in the car to work. My brothers and my sisters, the truth of the matter is if you're going to have momentum in life or in business, you got to make sure you've got the right spark that's going to keep you going, that's going to get you going. And so in this little sermon, I want us to understand a little bit about the sparks that matter. Here we are today in Matthew's writing about Jesus. We, we believe this book was written by one of Jesus' followers who was a tax collector. That's important. That's why we believe it was written by uh, Matthew solely because uh, this particular writing deals with money more than any other gospel. That's just a little uh, lanyard, a little something extra for y'all. Matthew uses terms that no other gospel writer uses. Matthew uses money terms that only tax collectors would use. It's like he's the IRS, and so he began to sprinkle some of those words in it. So we knew it was written uh, about Matthew. Matthew uh, is the first gospel listed, but not the first gospel written. That honor goes to Mark, but it's the first one listed because Matthew took time to deal with the genealogy of Jesus so we would know where he descended from. But then what's important about Matthew is Matthew places special interest on the teaching ministry of Jesus. So in other words, whenever you read Matthew, he's telling the story of Jesus in such a way that we may be able to get some practical life lessons from it. It's, it's, it's the spark that matters. And the first life lessons that Matthew's writing uh, wants to really share with us is your faith sparks your movement. Somebody say that. Your faith, your faith sparks, sparks your, movement. your movement. Your faith sparks uh, your movement. Hebrews chapter 11 verse uh, 1 says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction or the evidence of things not seen. It's, it's the faith that sparks your movement. We just looked at Matthew's uh, gospel and we saw that Jesus came walking on the water and when Peter saw him, Peter asked a crazy question. Peter said, Jesus, if it's you, bid me to come to you walking on the water. Hold up, Matthew. This don't make no sense. First of all, it makes no sense for Jesus to be walking on water. Why? Would you leave a perfectly good boat when you're already being tossed by the waves and climb out of the boat to what? Have you ever walked on water before? What makes you think you can walk on water now? It was the faith that sparked his movement. When Jesus says to him, come on, and walk on the water. My brothers and my sisters, if you're ever going to do anything amazing for God, if you're ever going to do anything revolutionary for God, it will require you to have faith to start moving when others don't understand why you're doing what you're doing. Okay, y'all look at me like, huh? Let's go on the boat. I want you to sit on the boat with the disciples and Peter. And I want you to hear Peter say, Jesus, if it's you, I want to walk on water too. Let's hear what the disciples say. The disciples say, you done lost your, we knew you was crazy when Jesus called you. What makes you think you can walk? There ain't no Jesus out there on that water. You know Jesus. Ain't nobody walking on Peter. Shut up and think you're rocking the boat. I want you to hear all the criticism and all the ways people would tell Peter, you cannot do it because Nobody's ever done it before, so sit and you can't. 
start a business like that. Ain't nobody in your family. You know how to start a business. Don't nobody else know how to start a business. So what makes you think you're so special? Sit down on the boat and shut up. That's really what Peter would have experienced. But Peter's faith says, no, I see something that you don't see. Listen to this. Your ability to see potential when others can only see the present will motivate you to move. Pastor, mm. that was good. Let me try that one more time. Your ability to walk into a situation and see the potential when others can only see the present will motivate your ability to walk into a construction site and see all that it can be. Others will see all that it is and declare there is no hope for this. You say, oh no, man, we can live this and clean this and paint this. Oh, I see everything. I see all the people coming in. Your ability to see what others cannot will motivate you to move. Your ability to see opportunities when others only see obstacles will motivate you to take action. And Peter on the boat began to see opportunity when others only saw obstacles and he began to take action. So, first thing this text said to teach us, brothers and sisters, is your faith sparks your movement. Okay, so I've got, I've got some business on the I sent them some questions earlier. I want to hear a little bit about what sparked their movement, what sparked uh, their movement. Uh, Dr. Bunyan, Dr. Bunyan went to med school. Now, I don't know about y'all, uh, but I didn't go to med school. I, I went to seminary a couple times, and I know how much seminary costs. Never go, went to med school, went to seminary. Sheena, one of my classmates is here. We understand how, how much divinity school costs. Never went uh, to, to, to med school to, to study. I, and so I suspect it wasn't cheap. Um, and, and so generally, if you just finish something that wasn't cheap, what makes you think you finna start a business when you just finished something that wasn't cheap? Uh, Dr. Bunyan, what sparked you to say, you know what? I'm not gonna just keep doing this for somebody else. I'm gonna start my own. What sparked that for you? Good morning, church. <laughs> Good morning. Did everybody hear me? Let's try this one here. Everybody hear me? Yeah. All right, good morning, church. Before I say anything, um, I just got to give it up for your pastor and my dear friend. Um, uh, like I just said, I had to give it up to your pastor, my dear friend. I hope everybody is fortunate enough to have a friend like he's been to me. Um, Thank you for your support. I want to say that publicly. I love you, and uh, it means the world to me. Okay, so to answer the question, uh, it costs a lot of money to go to school, to, um, to have a clinical degree. I'm, a, I'm an optometrist. I'm a doc. This is year 20 of my practice. And uh, what sparked... What sparked me to start my own practice in my last year of study, in my fourth year, I got the opportunity to work for a uh, African-American male and African-American female doctor of optometry who had a practice they had just started in Hyattsville, Maryland. And the place was called Visualize. And at the time, I thought that I was just going to go find a job. And they challenged me as a student soon to graduate, why don't you have your own business? Um, their names are not here, they can't hear me, but Dr. Derek Artis and Dr. Teresa Grillo, um, they changed my life because they changed the way I thought. 
and I realized, hey, I can be in charge of my own destiny. So that's what sparked. It was just somebody who said it, and it changed my life. That was the spark. Let's push it a little further. Um, so obviously, just having the spark was all that was required, and the rest was history, as they say. So, so you, you say, I'm finna start, and everybody is supportive, everybody is behind you, and, and you just, and 20 years later, you, you good to go, that's how it, it worked for you? I just realized my picture's up there. Gee. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I should really share my story a little bit more. Um, so I did graduate and I started working. I had a little bit of a far-sighted plan, and that was to um, you know, work for so many years, save all my money, and open up my own practice. And uh, about four or five years later, I did. And yeah, I can stand up here and say, hey, I got special eye care. But if I could be real and share my real story, can I share my real story? Okay. So I opened my first business in Fort Washington, Maryland. After two years of planning, in fact, another one of my dear friends in this room, Darrell Barnes, was there. You can wave, Darrell. <laughs> he actually was there when I was putting the business together. And uh, this is back in 2005. And I was so excited with my wife to open that first business. Everything was brand new. We had all the best glasses, best equipment, had marketed. Everything was great. I had made it. I saved money. I didn't borrow a dime from the bank. I took all my personal savings. We opened our doors, and Pastor, I thought everything was going to work, but I'm sharing my real story. We had our opening day. My friends came. I made a lot of money. It was great. And then a week later, I got a phone call. And the voice on the other line was my then partner who said to me, they got us. What are you talking about, Mike? What they get? <laughs> Well, everybody, um, <laughs> my first practice, everything was taken. Somebody broke in, they stole all the glasses. In fact, they had the audacity to come back and stole all the equipment next week. And um, everything was gone. I went from entrepreneur to employee in a week. I had to beg for all my jobs back. And... Um, that was tough. That's my real story. Six months later, um, I have a great wife. She's not here, but trust me, she's here in spirit. Um, we were able to reopen somewhere else. But I couldn't pay myself for two years, for two years, to rebuild my dream. So believe me, um, I know we're kind of all over the place, but as an entrepreneur, if somebody has a, a business and a dream, it's not easy. I just happen to be somebody who I failed when I first came out, but thankfully, 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 I can't give it up to God enough. For the last 12 years, everything's been really good. It's gotten better. Praise God a million, million times. But um, that's my real story. The first one completely failed. Peter walking on water. I'm out here now. And Peter began to sink. Peter had enough sense to say, wait, I've got some faith that I can call on Jesus even while sinking. And I realize I've got somebody who will put, it may take six months, but he'll get me back up again. It might not look pretty. And folk who would have laughed at 
getting out the boat and look at you sinking. Oh, they took it. You ain't going you to have your own clinic now. But six months later, I said, oh, no, that's fine. God said it. And because God said it, the devil can try to stop it. But God will still rebuild it down. That's the lesson. Mom, um, so um, uh, we used to have this car, y'all. Uh, you know when you have a car and you give it a nickname like Betsy. That does not mean it's not a, it's not a Lexus. It's not a Mercedes. Uh, my mom, we had, a, we had a car called Betsy. I just remember it was brown, and every time it started, we were happy. Uh, uh, so uh, uh, this, this is it. So uh, my mom, we, we, we had uh, a little uh, two-bedroom apartment. She got three children, and I remember the neighbors would watch us. You know, this is the time when you can go by your neighbor, and they can watch your children while you're trying to build something. You can go and you borrow a little sugar. They come next week. They want to borrow uh, some ketchup. That's kind of uh, what we had. And my mom has a dream to start to start this business. Mom, when you said, I'm going to start, I'm going to start my own. Was everybody supportive? Was everybody encouraging of you? Was everybody behind you? Or did you find that even some folk who were closer to you become, became challenges for you? What was that like for you? So my real story is, so one day, a friend of mine came to me and she said, Tanya, we had worked, I'll give you a little background, we had worked for one of our other friends who owned a business like the business that I have now. So when she was really, really mean to us, I guess I could say. Well, I can't say mean. She kept us on the straight and narrow. But at the end of the day, we were not working for her anymore. So my friend came to her to me and she said, Tanda, I think I want to open a business like that. And I was like, mm, okay. Well, I had gone to school and I was a case manager, which is a, a different company that oversees the kind of business that I have. So I knew that part of the business. So she's like, um, but I can't afford the rent, and I, you know, I, I need somebody to help me, you know, pay the rent in this building that I'm singing. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm working. I have the girl, whatever you want to do. So she started, and she was working hers, and I set up my office. We shared office, so I set up my office, and I had beautiful furniture. I had my flowers on my desk. I had the kids' pictures. So I was just playing the role at that time as being an owner, okay? So I wasn't really working because I had a job. So I was working, but she was doing hers. And then one day I said, well, you know what? Let me just step out on faith and, and just, you know, I had a husband that was working. I was like, I'm just going to step out on faith and, and do it. So I did. So she was like, girl, I'm just going to give you all of these uh, PCSs. Y'all may not understand it, the the lingo, but it was the lower group of the, the clients that we served that made the least money. So I was like, okay, girl, I'll take them all because I believed and I had sense enough to know that one day these kids that were uh, the lower group were going to grow up and they were going to need the services that made the, the most money. So I started with those on in the story. So anyway, um, Community Connection Programs has been in business for 20 years also, thank God. And so, opened in 1999, and in 2004, I think I had a similar experience. Wait, don't go there yet. Okay. I'm going to get to that one in just a second. All right, all right. So, uh, we, we, hear, we hear they're they're getting out the gate, 
stories. Uh, there, there is another uh, passage of scripture uh, in the Bible um, that, that talks about uh, this woman. The Bible says she had suffered 12 long years with an issue of blood. And she had spent all that she had on doctors trying to heal her, but they could not heal her. The woman heard that Jesus was coming to town. The Bible says that the woman said to herself, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I can be made whole. Here it is. This is what that matters. Second spark is simply this. It is the story. Your story sparks your momentum. Somebody say, your story, story. sparks story. your momentum. I've been reading this uh, book um, called Barking Up the Wrong Tree. Everything you know about success is wrong and why. And in this book, the author tells the story of this man, uh, Jim, and his friend, Simon. Simon, they're climbing a side of a mountain that had not been climbed uh, before. They, they make it to the top, and then they're working their way back down. I've never been a mountain climber. I'm African-American, so my genes are new one. That's not something we do. But for those who may do this, uh, they say that coming back down is the most risky part. And so it just so happened that on the climb, Jim had a leg injury. It was so bad uh, that his shin pushed past his knee into his thigh. Now they're trying to get back down the mountain and his friend Simon has a rope hooked to him, and Jim uh, has a rope hooked to him. Uh, and so they're doing this for safety, and they're going down slowly, hour by ruling hour. But the snow is so bad, as, as Simon is letting Jim down, he can't even see exactly where Jim is going. Hour by ruling hour, Jim feels the pain, and all of a sudden, he didn't realize it, but Jim slips off the mountain. Simon cannot see him. Jim is dangling at a point that he can't even touch the mountain. Well, hours go by and Jim feels the rope tug a little bit and, and shake a little bit. He's calling up to Simon. Simon uh, cannot see him and gets silent. And then all of a sudden, Jim starts falling. Jim figures Simon may have froze or has died. And Jim is falling into nothing but blackness. And all of a sudden, poof, he hits the ground. But it's not the bottom of the mountain. He ended up landing on a ledge that broke his fall. Two feet to the left or to the right, he would have kept falling to the base of the mountain. 